Hello, and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film, every show, all at once. I am your co-host, Andrew Morgan. With me, as always, are two men who always have my six, mostly because they're checking out my ass, Chris Frodell. Hello, and I bet you work out. <laughs> and Shane Beauregard. Quad de neuf, boys. Faison Salah. <laughs> And that is for all our thousands of French thousands of French friends. What the hell just happened? Those are for our thousands. You ruined it. Those are for our thousands of shop, Chris. I studied those lines. That is for our thousands of Shut up. French listeners. Yeah, yes, we had a those huge are for spike, our listeners yeah. in France. So oh. thank you. You wanted something different, Andrew. I gave you something different today. Amazing. Boom. Amazing. Amazing. Oh that caught uh, for how much you guys bust my balls that I catch you off guard, that was like the quintessential catch off guard. That was amazing. Chris is crying. I don't know how we can move on. But, <laughs> but it's perfect for this type of show, isn't it? This type oh of episode. God. Um after we just got told like, hey, these guys don't waffle around, they get right to business. We're like, hold on, we gotta laugh for forty five minutes because <laughs> oh Shane is talking French. <laughs> what did you even say? Oh what's the English uh, translation? That is uh what's up, boys? Uh let's do this. <laughs> oh, okay, wow. Nailed it. Simple and to the point. Yeah. There you go. Great. Unbelievable. Thank you, listeners uh, in France. Yeah, uh, exactly. Ooh, pumped, man. Starting to get that listenership up. All over the globe. I am all about it. Uh, we are going to cover a an episode that the first part, at least, should just be entitled Hard to Kill. This is the Hard to Kill segment uh, that we're going to do. Uh, we will talk about Ms. Marvel and some MCU stuff at the end. But right up top, let's do our recent activity with The Terminalist and The Old Man. All right, a show that Shane has been teasing for what seems like weeks now, uh, The Terminalist on Amazon Prime, uh, which is executive produced by Antoine Fuqua, uh, also Chris Pratt, who is the star here, and the showrunner David DiGiulio. Uh, This is based on the book series by Jack Carr. Uh, It is about a former Navy SEAL officer who investigates why his entire platoon was ambushed during a high-stakes covert mission. Um, wow. The the uh, <laughs> the scores on this one is, might be as divisive of maybe how we all feel about it. This is going to get uh, interesting in a sec. But the Rotten Tomatoes score is 40 on the critics' side, but 95% on the audience score. So I don't know, if honestly, if that is Chris Pratt hate. I honestly like this might be post Mario uh, <laughs> Mario announcement. Chris Pratt hate for all I know. It's some wacky stuff there, but it is also getting an 8.1 on IMDb, which is quite high. So generally people are enjoying this. I feel like this is uh, going to be like more war torn version of Reacher in a way where like it's kind of like man on a mission, personal revenge story stuff. Very impressive cast. You got Chris Pratt as Commander James Reese. Constance Wu, who I liked in Hustlers, as well as many other things, as the journalist Katie Buranek. Uh Taylor Kish as Ben Edwards. He, of course, uh, Shane and I were talking off air that as a young man, that guy got pushed so hard between Friday Night Lights, uh, Battleship, John Carter. 
Uh, he's been in some of the worst movies I've ever seen. He was also in X-Men's Origins Wolverine. So yeah. that guy, tough luck on the movie side. Um, but hopefully he's now improving when it comes to uh, <laughs> all the TV stuff anyway. He was also in Lone Survivor as a Navy SEAL because Chris Pratt also has yeah. been a Navy SEAL before with Zero Dark Thirty. So definitely people who know what they're doing when it comes to this type of content. You also have Gene Triplehorn as Secretary Hartley. And she, of course, uh, an oldie but a goodie, uh, who was in stuff like Waterworld and The Firm back in the day, uh, and yep. still plugging along, does a lot of good TV lately. Um, we also have J.D. Pardo as Agent Tony Layoon, him from Fast 9 and Mayans MC, and Riley Keough as Lauren Reese, uh, James Reese's wife who uh, I've seen in Hold the Dark or Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, she is also, uh, as I said to you guys off air, she is the whisper queen of Hollywood, where any role she takes, it seems like she's like, wait a minute, this line sounds like it should be said at full volume. I'm out. <laughs> like she just is in any role where she could be mostly either off to the side to whisper or in the dark where she has to whisper because it can't be too loud. I swear that's like her MO. Do you guys at least agree with that assessment? I yes. feel like you guys are on board with yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When you said it. Yeah. Wildly. I didn't know until today and you guys will be, I think I did this before where I felt completely stupid, like about Dakota Johnson, where I didn't realize that she was uh, the, her famous parents or famous yeah, lineage before that. Right, and, and Don Johnson. So, like, yep. you had that. And now Riley Keough, do you know her lineage? Yep. No, I do not. Oh, Denise all right. Elvis. Her granddaughter no. to Elvis? Gra granddaughter. Granddaughter of Elvis, yeah. the daughter of Related. Lisa Marie Presley. Yeah. Get out of here. Really? Yeah. yeah. I oh, didn't know shit. that until okay. today. I didn't know I that like, either. Okay. Because the Keough thing, I never looked into it. And no right. one ever uh, said anything to me. So I feel uh, I felt pretty stupid today. But I was like, oh. No stuff for me to remember. That's good. But like I said, this is uh, this was very popular, it seemed like, for Amazon Prime. I don't know if it reached... It didn't hit Reacher levels, because I think they would have touted that a little bit more. Um, but I know plenty of people saw it and enjoyed it. This is weirdly a show that I was telling Shane that uh, it works despite the fact that I find the lead to be the weakest part, which is the most odd thing. I've never had yeah. that feeling. I'm not saying... Pratt is bad, but especially the episodes early on, I felt didn't work as well as how the, the show moves along. And I felt like that was because it was more Pratt having to act and try to be this kind of like solemn badass that before yeah. he actually has to go, you know, kick ass and do missions and be on the revenge binge where it's mostly just mission critical speak where I can deal with him a lot better. Shane, I'll start with you because you were the person who was like highly touting this and wanted this uh, on the mics. So tell the people okay. why you push so, this so hard, baby. Right. So, okay. So give me a little, I, I just want the people to know for thousands of listeners, my opinions are my opinions of myself. They're not my co-host <laughs> opinions. So I'm going to say something controversial right off the bat and we'll get back to it at the end. But Chris Pratt is my second favorite Chris. Like it is, there's, there's no doubt right behind yeah. my prison boyfriend. He's right there. So yeah, I was going to, I was going to save the Chris conversation. Cause yeah. uh, especially with Chris Evans going to have a new movie out or kind of has a new movie out uh, for Netflix and everything else. It's a good time to have a Chris talk. Yes, it is. I, I agree with you. I, 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 I did. I thoroughly enjoyed the show. 
And I understand where Chris Pratt in several scenes, he was kind of stiff. I'll admit, like there were some scenes where he was stiff, right? But I thought he pulled it off enough for me. Like his stoic, just uh, PST, uh, PTSD soldier worked for me. The action scenes were phenomenal. You know, they're not breaking any kind of new storylines with this with this movie or this right. show, I should say. But sure. I enjoyed it enough. I like Taylor Kitsch. I think I told you off air. I liked him. He popped every time he was on screen. I liked them together. I thought Janine Triplehorn was really solid in this show, especially towards the end. But man, I the action scenes and Chris Pratt pulled it off for me. Like there was that one episode that I really like. My favorite episode reminded me of Rambo. It was when he was in the fucking woods and he had that Navy SEAL team tracking him down. That was probably the same my thing. <laughs> that was my favorite fucking episode. I thought he pulled it off just enough for me. Again, was he perfect? No. But did he do enough for me? Yes. Does he get criticized? I believe there's a Pratt factor in the critics' uh, score of this show. And we'll get into that later. But man, getting into kind of spoilers here a little bit. But there is that one, like, there are a couple scenes that. That made me squeamish, and it's hard to make me squeamish, but the hatchet mm. in the testing scene, I was like, holy shit. Yeah, I don't the think hatchet I've ever was seen an extra level, yeah. That was badass, dude. Um, and then the other scene was when he had the log tied up to his uh, sergeant there in the oh, ocean. Yeah. That was that was gnarly, dude. That was, was. subtle. <laughs> that was subtle, but you know like that log's going to drop. Uh, it was, But the hatchet in the testing scene, I was like, holy shit. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. know. I'll stay seated. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, and it wasn't gratuitous though, because I thought it was with purpose because they had, you know, this escalation going on. And obviously, as it got more and more personal, some of those things had to happen to really kind of be like, is this guy losing his shit? Or is this like something to where, you know, this is just how this show is going to be? I thought they were more showing that line that constant pushing of the line that they needed to when it came to the axe or something like that that was you know purposeful in the vengeance as far as this show goes um chris i i've yes. talked with you i know before i watched the show maybe you thought this i, I don't know if it was just a slow start or you were kind of telling me to hang through the first few episodes because you thought it more kicked in around episode like three or four yeah uh, definitely. Uh, when it first started, I, I, I joked with you guys. I'm like, is this like an episode of uh, NCIS LA? Because yeah, it just is, felt like a terrible was... assessment. But yeah, yeah, it is terrible. I just want to punch you in your though? face right is now. It, yeah. it is. I will say those, like... those shows are cartoonish. That definitely sets the if anything, I thought this tone of this show was so more so much more like slow and solemn like that. It, it it that made it like drag where every episode was like so intense I couldn't like binge very well until like yeah. episode three or four. But I, I wouldn't give it like network TV level. That's that's not happening here. First couple episodes I felt like it was network TV. Honestly, but that was the like, drama uh, stuff. Yeah, sure, I guess. But the with like uh, what you were talking about with Chris Pratt with his stiffness, it just seemed like he he wasn't getting his groove yet. And it's just like, and I think part of it was maybe the spirit gum to keep that uh, beard on. Maybe it was like filmed after, you know, it was just like, we're going to do this later. You know, we're, we're going to set it all up, but we're going to 
place this before everything that happens. So every time you have to talk, you have to talk with a stiff lip and you didn't. Okay, guys, we've got green team over here. It's like, okay, just can you, can you just, and I was a bit confused with the tunnel entrance, which is kind Uh, of, kind of on purpose maybe, but yeah, I'm with you. True. But like, I'm like, aren't they in each other's way? Like there's a line of guys going to the same location, dropping lights for people that are following them. You know, they first group, second group kind of thing. And like somehow they knew there was a tripwire under the water. Yeah, I mean they you are. Know, it was like seals, a, a, so you kind of have to give some leap of well, faith. Yeah, but then the you know, you have the the other guy who triggers it. You know, because he's flipping out and he's you know panicking, and then sets off the the whole uh, failed mission. Well, and then you have the whole unreliable narrator thing as the show progresses, too, where even you're watching it in retrospect, in flashback form, where you're like, okay, well, which version of this happened? You know, is he losing his mind? Um, Well, that was the thing. Yeah, when he was in the, the, I think, the debriefing and and, uh, they played him the audio from their comms. Right. And he was like, no, that's not what happened. I'm like, what did happen? You know, it was like seconds ago but i already forgot so i'm just like i can't even blame him for you know maybe being wrong or on top of it but regardless that sets the the whole series into motion because he feels he he needs vindication that the mission was foobar from the start right um but yeah like it it really slowed slowed its uh method to get going uh i would say like around three four it started picking up and i was like okay it's it's interesting it's starting to get interesting for me to be invested in because i was gonna skip out uh like second or third episode i was gonna say yeah i'm out you know you guys review it i'm good and i think the first episode was directed by antoine fuquay right that's the only one he directed was the first episode yeah, he only did one. I would imagine he did the podcast. I didn't the investigate one. that. But yeah, that would make sense, especially for the fact that he's the executive producer on it, too. Right. I thought the first episode was strong. I, I It made sense to me, uh, maybe because I've, you know, I'm not a Navy SEAL, but I do have a military background. So they would find the tripwire in, in that situation. Uh, and there are guys who just flat out freak out and lose their minds. So that all made sense to me. That whole first episode drew me in. Um and then it kind of dipped, like you guys said, like episode two and three kind of dipped a little bit, and then it came back up. So yeah, I, I was happy with the whole thing. Yeah, and I really identified with the soldier who just really had to take a shit before they had to do a, uh, an op. I was just like, God, I'm, I was yeah, with man. him. Yeah, yeah. I was like that. If you want to talk about cringy, I was like, man, I feel you. You know, you just <laughs> you go, you hit that late night Taco Bell one too many times or something. And now you're in a foreign country, like, you know, trying to have their uh, delicacies or whatever and trying to stay <laughs> tight. That is that is tough to, to pucker a hole and to try to have yeah. to shoot the enemy combatants. That is a lot. That is. Hey, Sarge, impressive. where's the clearest? Uh, where's the clearance for uh, McDonald's? Because uh, <laughs> this uh, food does not agree with me. This tent never has a bathroom that we can use. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I was, uh, I was, I, I was overall, I was really riveted as the show went on. And I, I guess you're kind of right. Like, I don't know if it was 
like as late as say episode four, Chris, but I would say definitely kind of like episode, like the end of episode two or into episode three, like once all the dominoes start to fall and unfortunately the, the big propelling moment, which I don't want to spoil for people, uh, as far as, uh, Chris's personal life goes, that kind of sets off a whole different wavelength to the show that I think really does it justice and then goes from there. I mean, with the journalism, with the extra layers of the FBI and, and, and all these extra, you know, the Pentagon and everything else, all the layers start to come together. And I felt it was interesting that after, uh, one particular, uh, character that felt like the big bad for all the way through when that's over and there's still way more, I was like, Oh, cool. That's awesome that they have more layers to the show. Yeah. Right. I like to piggyback on that because that's the one note of the show that I thought they missed on and you didn't bring him up. But Jai Courtney plays yeah. what you think is like the big villain. He just seemed miscast to me in that role. Like I didn't believe him as that power broker, you know, behind the scenes kind of guy. And I, I don't, I don't have an issue with Jai. Yeah. I don't have an issue with Jai Courtney. I know a lot of people like don't like him and like to give him shit for whatever reason. But right. to me, he just didn't he didn't work in this show for me in particular. That was the only negative I had with this show. I I think he works as a red herring where people yes. like he's got this imposing power to him that you could be like, oh, this guy's clearly in charge here and, and the really the big bad that we have to focus on. And then obviously the show goes in some different directions where maybe that's not the case. So I thought that worked. If anything, when I first saw Sean Gunn kind of being like his his side guy and being kind of an asshole and all that stuff. I was like, oh, wow. I don't think I've seen Sean Gunn do anything close to this. So that was interesting, um, yeah. especially, uh, you know, him naked tied to a chair. I, I don't need to see <laughs> Sean Gunn in that position at any point. Let's go to back to the Gilmore Girls, buddy. Be some freak out or Guardians or something. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I liked the show. And, and like I said, I think my biggest thing and, and i guess if we want to have this conversation now shane I, I i don't know what to make of chris pratt anymore we kind of had this conversation a little bit with uh thor love and thunder because we were like god he seems so out of place and then a lot of the stuff that's in between um you know like or even jurassic world you're coming off a a, a crap performance or well at least a crap movie there that you said he wasn't even the best thing for you on any of those so that's kind of where his career has gone to where this show, I wanted him to prove something a little to me to kind of be like, oh, he is that A-list number one in the conversation of best Chris right now uh, conversation. And I don't know, like I still, I still, even though uh, he he makes some interesting choices, I'd still pick Chris Evans above all y'all. It's it's tough because I told I told you guys I it's could flip flop on any you know what I mean yeah I, I flip flop on any given week I could flip flop Pratt and Evans on any given week so they're like two A and two B for me yeah uh, and it's funny because honestly if you look at their filmographies Chris Pine probably has the best work under his belt and he's probably the best actor of all the Chris's let's, let's he might be, be real but I feel like Hollywood kind of like turned their back on him a little bit like they don't give him the meaty lead roles they don't it's funny like amazon's all in <laughs> like, i think they right. just had like a show or another movie or something with him 
uh, where yeah. and Chris Pratt, and, by the way, I mean, like Tomorrow War was last year or two years ago for Fourth of July. Last year, I think last year. Yeah. So is last this year. every summer we're going to get a new Amazon Chris Pratt project? Is that what's going on here? I hope so. I hope so. And you know, honestly, and I don't know if you guys, I I told you this guys before. I think if if Chris Evans was in this lead role or Chris Hemsworth, this show would be higher critically than it is. Because if you go and read the reviews, it, if you read between the lines, it's all, well, he's my least favorite Chris, Chris Pratt, blah, 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 blah. It's like it's all Chris Pratt hate. It's nothing about the show. It's about him and his performance, which I think he's – I think they're just shitting on him right now, to be honest with you. I just think if there's any other Chris or any other actor in this role – it would have been better critically received than it is. And I just, I don't understand it. It drives me crazy. Like they're giving this crap. Like, and I, I don't know. I'm, I know I'm on an Island by myself defending this guy, but right. I just think unfairly he's getting shit on. Uh, and it's just not right. Are you saying critics are biased? <laughs> A little bit. A little bit. Well, I think in, this, I... in this case. Sorry. I was going to say, I thought I said it like this during uh, the Jurassic world thing too, but like, he makes weird choices to me, or or at least he's made choices to where people drummed him up, uh, especially post Guardians, that they thought he was going to be this big action star, or or at least like this bigger actor in the vein of like Harrison Ford in in his prime, and that just wasn't the case. Or I felt it was never going to be the case. But people put him on a higher pedestal. And a lot of times when that happens, you go, all right, well, I'm a star. I'm going to always be a star. And you never go back and do, like, interesting stuff. You always go and just pick what next blockbuster I could be in. And I I think this is the closest thing to at least something interesting that I'd watch. Because I can't remember outside of a Guardians movie, what was the last time I enjoyed Chris Pratt? Because for a while, when he was on the come up, you know... He was doing all kinds of fun stuff, or at least interesting things, where it felt like, okay, he's stretching himself, but I didn't feel like he was feeling himself to where he needed to be in everything, just money grabbing, you know, in a way. And I felt he lost all his joy. I fell in love, everybody fell in love with him on Parks and Rec and Guardians. Those are two, uh, those are roles where I figured that is Chris Pratt, for for better or for worse. And 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 now he's doing less fun stuff. That I just have to plod through, and I'm like, I don't want that for him. Yeah, I agree with you. I think his role is more towards the comedic end, but I do give him credit for trying to stretch himself in this particular role, and I enjoyed it. Uh, right. The Tomorrow War, I thought was it was okay, you know, and he was okay. And I told you yeah. in the Jurassic World review, like he just seemed like he checked out. Like I'm just here for the paycheck. He, he was soulless, joyless, whatever. <laughs> right. But at least in this role, I felt like, okay, he's going to take a step out and doing something different. And it took me a while to get it. But I actually enjoyed him in this role. And this role proved to me like he can do action if he wanted to. But I do want to see him more in the Parks and Rec Guardians kind of roles from here on out. I think, I think he has a vested interest in the military and he wants to, you know, highlight that. But for yeah, the most is that part, a thing yeah. of his? I I never like read anything, but you're right. He does kind of lean towards that way. Yeah, I I, I think he has uh, an interest in it. Uh, you know, from Zero Dark Thirty and beyond. I yeah. think he just he gets to get in the mindset of the people who are on set, um, kind of uh, being consultants, and you know, 
you have to do the training to be yeah. the character to you know kind of get into that uh character's head and uh you know it it probably stuck with him and i think a lot of people have an issue with him being so outspoken about his religion about his political leanings that people just carry that into whatever role he takes if he took on another popular role or you know something interesting i think you're gonna have the haters come out and say oh well he's not doing it right you know it's just like you're gonna find something and i think the three of us because you know we know each other um Mm. have a tendency of separating what you know he may believe outside of his roles and what he portrays on screen. You know, I try and do that with most actors because when they start getting into their personal lives and into their belief system and whatnot, it kind of like sours how we see them on screen. Yeah, but as long as you, you don't go full Kirk Cameron, I'm fine. <laughs> you know, no, exactly. Don't, don't no, bring it into exactly being it. everything about you. Yeah. And like I said, with Tom Cruise, uh, Tom Cruise is a known Scientologist. He's basically the second in command for Scientology. But as long as he's not preaching every other movie about Xenu and all that stuff, then he's going to have my ass in seats Sure. to watch his movies. He Listen. still entertains... And yeah. I can separate his outside persona on his uh, on-screen persona. Yeah, and there's so many current Scientologists or former Scientologists that like I just absolutely love, and I just have to try to try to separate. I was the biggest Beck fan in the history of mankind, and then he switched over, and I was like, no. I was just <laughs> like, oh, come on, fine, all right, whatever. It's just music, unless it turns into you know changing up your whole style. <laughs> Then I'm not going to say anything, but I was just right. like, ah, fine. That's fine. But yeah, I, I get it. And and yeah, we talk glowingly about Top Gun Maverick, and we'll probably check in on every other Tom Cruise thing going forward. Um, but yeah, for me, I just really want him to just be fun again. And the, the, the thing is, too, especially once he had to lose all that weight and get cut for Star-Lord, I think that changed everything, too, because once you get in that shape, it takes away that like, oh, pudgy Andy from Parks and Rec going to be the funny oh, yeah. kind of like sidekick role or whatever. Like he's not going to be, you know, in that realm anymore. It, it, or at least it's hard. Like, you know, unless you're doing stuff like The Rock does where it's like, oh, he's a massive dude, but it's also like a funny action comedy. I think he can do that. But I guess maybe he's just not choosing those roles or he's been tied up in all these blockbuster project like franchise stuff for so long that it'll be interesting if he goes back to it later on in life or something. But I, I don't know. Right now, he, he's he's dropping down the Chris charts um, uh, with, with obviously Frodel being number one. But the, you know. Thanks, but, buddy. Someone yeah. said it, Shane. Sorry, you're not my you're not my prison boyfriend. Sorry. Sorry. <gasps> yeah. You're just his body. What do I need to do? Life. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Weird transition to now <laughs> we can move on. Um, to another show that I only have watched the first episode, not by the fact that I dropped it, but the fact that uh, I just picked it up today. But you guys are saying very nice things about, and critically, it's getting uh, applauded left and right. The Old Man, uh, starring Jeff Bridges, John Lithgow, Alia Shawkat, and Amy Brenneman, as well as many others. 
the scores on it, amazing. 95% Rotten Tomato, uh, 84% Rotten Tomato audience score, 8.3 IMDb. This is about a former CIA officer who's living off the grid who finds himself on the run from people who want to kill him. Does that last part sound familiar, guys? We're just going <laughs> to keep doing this where yeah. everybody gets chased and or need to chase after people. So apparently that's our MO, uh, at least for this episode. This is uh, created by Robert Levine and John Steinberg, who previously created Jericho, Jericho, which is another show that I enjoyed until it got cut down in its prime. I think it only got like a one and a half season run or something like that. I still am mad about that. Um, they also created Black Sails for Stars, as well as some other projects. Um, the pilot, and uh, I think three episodes in total, uh, were directed by John Watts who is the mm-hmm. current Spider-Man trilogy helm Helmer uh, and just like was like, hey, man, let's go rock this for a while and just starts doing episodes of the old man. So I was impressed. And again, maybe because I watched <coughs> that pilot episode that he indeed uh, directed. But woof, it, it was very impressive. First on screen role for Bridges in four years. He battled non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and COVID during production. So if you want to make an old man look even older, holy crap, uh, just right. give him that to overcome. Uh, but, yeah, I was very impressed by this. Chris, uh, you're you're caught up at this point? I know because we're, what, two I, episodes from the end? I am on episode four or midway through four. So right. I just wanted to say, old man, take a look at my life. <laughs> I am a lot like you are. At um, Sandler was, doing uh, Neil Young? Is that what that was? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you caught that. Awesome. Um, I dig it. it. Listen, I am I am in. From episode one, I am in. Uh, you want to talk about a story that we've seen before. We've seen this, but Jeff Bridges is just magnetic. He yeah, is. I, I love people coming he, in from the cold or like coming out of retirement and just kicking people's asses. <laughs> I mean, come on. He would, everyone was just like, oh my God, he's got cancer. He's, you know, well, we, we wrote him off. He did so well back in, uh, in this role and this role and this role. The man did not look like he skipped a beat. No. He is in it to win it. He is the reason we keep on coming back. And when in doubt, if you're starting to slip, get two maniac dogs that you train and stick them on everybody. Oh my God, I'm I all love about those it. dogs. <laughs> I, I do love too. those dogs. Although I will say, not really a spoiler, but like the 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 closing speed those dogs have for some of these scenes, especially chasing after cars, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Almost to the point of incredulous. Um, Shane, where do you sit with the old man? Um, I love it. I love it. I was hooked in through the first episode. In fact, I think I was the first one of us to start watching this show. And I texted yes. you guys like, hey, John Watts Indeed. is directing these first couple episodes. But man, Jeff Bridges and John Lithgow balance each other out so well in this show. And I, I like love Lithgow. Oh my God. Yeah, he, he's so great in this show. And they do a really good job balancing his younger life and his older life. I think the action scenes are great. And what I love about the action scenes is he is an old man. So he gets his ass kicked. Like, and he, yeah. he exudes like the breathing heavy, the laboring, just the, yes. everything he's in. It's like, you feel it. Like he is an older guy and it comes through in every fight scene he has. Like, let's be real. There's several that he got saved by his dogs because he was getting <laughs> yeah. his oh, ass yeah. kicked, but 
he is like Chris said, magnetic. I think that's the word you used. Yep, I did. Jeff, he he is great in this goddamn show. Like I love him in this show. Amy Brent, like I haven't seen her in forever, and yeah. she's good. That's the yeah. leftovers, right? So in uh, I, we didn't even talk about Ali. Uh, what's her name? Shawcat. Shawcat. Yeah. Yeah. This is a good role for her because, like, I, Andrew, you brought up The Green Room, which I totally forgot about, which is a great movie, by the way. But yeah, usually she's, like, in a comedic kind of role, and she is really good and a good centerpiece in this show because she really – I don't want to spoil anything, but, like, she is part Lithgow, part, you know, Jeff Bridges. She, like, toes that line between the both of them, and right. I can't wait to see how this ends. I just – God, it's it's really really good. Is all I'll say. Jeff Bridges, magnetic, and a show yeah. that uh, I thought everybody was saying is going to be a limited series, or it was designed to be a limited series, has now been renewed for I think two more seasons, if not yes. at least just one. Jeez. So I wow. thought it was two more when I heard it out there. So that's that's impressive. Uh, that people have caught on, uh, the critics definitely have caught on, um, and yeah, like you said, we're in uh, episode six, just aired last week, episode seven will be this Thursday, uh, it is going week to week, which is an interesting approach, because if you want to talk about two shows that are sort of similar, or at least we are talking this o- older guy, hard to kill scenario, whatever, yeah. uh, between Terminalist and, uh, and the old man. Terminal List was a full binge. That was just dropped all together. And I felt like, especially that kind of revenge story that's slowly unearthing clues, it worked for that. Because I thought, especially with the t- first couple episodes are slow, or maybe not as action-packed, or still trying to form that story together, that deserved a binge model. I think they did that right. This one, because the pilot is so good, now, mm-hmm. being week to week, I was like, do it. I don't care. Just give me that, like, something to watch every single week that we've been missing ever since the boys went away. And, yeah. and obviously, you know, whatever else we, we have going on. But um, obviously, most recently, the boys. So do you guys feel that way that way worked? With all the stuff that there is available to binge, it's nice to have uh, an episode or, or, I'm sorry, a series or two that go week to week. Like, right. Especially uh, ones that I enjoy. You know, Sorry, Disney. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, some of, uh, like, uh, Andrew and I watch uh, Only Murders in the Building. Yeah. And I think that's that's done really well being doled out. Yeah. And Old Man, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, even though I started binging after uh, Shane's suggestion, I will be caught up and be able to see it, you know, as it comes out. And I'm okay with that. Because it it deserves it. It deserves that kind of uh, slow build and, you know, let me think about what I just saw until next week I can see, or I'm sorry, this Thursday, I get to see the conclusion or the continuation, I should say. The conclusion is going to be in a couple weeks. Yeah, I'm at the point now where I just want this uh, this recording to end so I can go watch episode two and just <laughs> keep keep up Thank with you. it. Thank you. Good so night. Can... Yeah, exactly. Well, it, it, um, it, it, it fills that boys gap for me. Like you said, like I look forward to having I'm take it that funny. little sound clip and just replay it all the time. <laughs> it's just, it's just funny. Filling because, those boys out. Filling, yeah, filling the boy gap. I, you're going from boys to men. I like the binge model, but I also like to have my weekly shows. Like there was a, there was a part of this year where I had Barry on Mondays. 
I had the boys on Fridays and whatever fucking stupid Disney show on Wednesdays. So it was like <laughs> I had my week mapped out. You know what I mean? And now that the boys is over, I was like, oh, God. But now this kind of fills that. So I do appreciate having the weekly shows and it gives me something to look forward to at the end of the week. And like Chris said, you get to sit on it. You get to simmer. You get to talk about it. It, it, it's just a different dynamic. So I go both ways. Like I like my binge models and I like my weekly shows, which is weird. It's an oxymoron, but it's just the way it yeah. is. Like, you know, I, so. I think in a lot of ways, TV is slowly getting it in terms of like what shows deserve the same, like the same way movie studios now are deciding, is this a street to streaming opportunity or is this something to where we want to do a theatrical run now tv is kind of like trying to perfect you know is this a binge model is this something that we want to go week to week does it will it hold you know like like the bear you know was a a binge thing for me but you know it's tough because you know i loved it and then it was gone (laughs) but and if it was week to week i probably would have watched it but i understand there's no stars in that so if they want somebody to get hooked on it, they got to just drop it and hope that people just burn through it and then tell people. So I understand that approach. Um, but yeah, stuff like The Boys, so these big IP stuff absolutely can work week to week. It doesn't make it good. We'll get to that in a minute. But um, <laughs> but a lot of the stuff that we did like, you're right. Uh, you know, whether it was Barry, uh, you know, HBO Max does a lot of week to week. I think it's almost all week to week right uh, yep. they haven't really had any kind of stuff and that worked for something like barry or peacemaker or you know winning time or any of these other shows that we've watched uh throughout the years so far and by the way shout out to the emmy nominations where i think it finally set netflix back on their ear a little bit where it's like you know get your content back on board because for the first time in a long time they were number two in the Emmy nominations behind HBO, HBO Max. So um, it really kind of set them back. And I, But I think that is in alignment with what we've been saying all year with our top shows where it was like HBO Max, HBO Max, you know, over and over. So I think uh, actually it lines up quite well. Did you guys check those out at all or do you care about any of that I, stuff? <coughs> nope. I checked it out a little bit. And then I saw where like Moon Knight got like eight nominations and I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm done with the Emmys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, I, yeah, I want to see what uh, what categories those are. I know, I it, know. I, I doubt it's anything more than like effects stuff or whatever. So, you know, it's like uh, any Star Wars movie that I hate that comes out uh, towards the end where it's like, ooh, uh, Rise of Skywalker is an Oscar nominee. Okay, all right. Well, <laughs> it also is one of the worst things I've ever seen. So um, <laughs> we'll see. But um. I think we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and then I want to talk about Ms. Marvel and the current kind of state of all the the flux of Phase 4, especially on the eve-ish of San Diego Comic-Con coming through where we'll probably end up getting more and more information of things that'll make us roll our eyes. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Dave. And join us every Thursday for a new episode of Two Player Bros, a podcast about two guys who play way too many video games. Join me and Dave as we talk about the latest in Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and VR news, previews, and reviews. We have it all, and we play it all. And join us every other week for Post Game, where we play through and dive deep into our favorite modern classics and new releases. That's Two Player Bros, available every Thursday wherever you get your podcast. part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. 
All right, we're back. We're going to talk about Ms. Marvel, which just wrapped up last week. And another show where I I know we, we've talked a lot of junk about the MCU in recent memory. Obviously, we touched on uh, Thor Love and Thunder last week. We, we more ripped apart uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. We haven't really been on the same page even with the Star Wars show. So Disney Plus as a whole has been kind of this vacuum this year uh, with not a lot to enjoy, at least uh, as far as the three of us are concerned. And Ms. Marvel, I thought, was going to be like kind of a refreshing change of pace. I was actually all for it going into it. I was thinking, all right, this character is a lot of fun in the in the cartoon shows that my kids watch. I love that kind of character, the stretchiness and that outfit's cool and whatever. And I didn't know a ton of the story, so I was actually not going to be sitting there ripping it apart for maybe what it doesn't do or does do with the comics, you know, and, and really getting into the details about it. I just wanted to be entertained. And somehow this show was so bland to me or just didn't strike anything with me to where I'm like, okay, that was the show that happened. And that really hasn't happened with many comic book properties. It's either I don't like it and I have a million reasons why, or I like it and I'll sing its praises all over the place. This one was right in the middle of like, this is fine, but I if I didn't really care about the MCU that much, I wouldn't have watched this week to week. And I wanted to drop it many times. Shane, where do you stand with, with Ms. Marvel? Did you have any... Uh, we kind of talked about this on the pod before, and it didn't seem like you had a tie-in with it, but um, I don't know I, how you feel about it. I don't. If it wasn't for this podcast, I would have dropped it after episode three. I just thought there was too much exploration into her culture and her family, which is fine for an episode or two. But And I like the lightheartedness of it, but sure. it, it, it lacked... It just lacked characters. It lacked, you know, like when I thought like the the villains, like let's get real, like genies, really? Okay, so you put the genies back in the bottle and then you got Doom Patrol or whatever they are at the end. (laughs) What were they called? Which actually probably would have been a more interesting show. Yeah, Yeah. if if she fought Doom Patrol, that would have been a better show. But (laughs) Damage Control, whatever. I'm like, it was so lackluster with what she had to go through i just didn't care i just it was so bland there was probably two episodes i really enjoyed uh the the finale which was fine because that was probably the most action-packed of the series and when she first met the uh red dagger kid because he was um sure he was a character from into the badlands which i really liked that show which which is an Mm -hmm. amc show um, so I liked that episode, but like a lot of it just didn't make sense to me. And I'm like, all right, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. I was waiting for them to push the accelerator and they never did. I just felt like no. they had their half their foot on the gap on the, on the brake pad. It, it, it just never, it just didn't do anything for me. I'm like, okay. And Disney plus, <clears throat> I hate to say it. They're on a bad run right now. Coming off of they moon really night. Are. Coming off of Moon Knight and Obi-Wan into this, I'm like, okay. I have no faith in Disney Plus from here on forward. And I'm on record, and I know I'm going off script here, but I'm a huge Daredevil fan. And I am scared. Script? <laughs> I, I am scared. I am scared. Holding to up what, a notepad. Yeah, I am scared <laughs> to see what Disney Plus is going to do with Daredevil moving forward. Uh, I I don't want them to touch it. I, I'm... I'm 
Yeah, so I have no faith in Disney Plus. So that's where I stand. It gave you yeah. no clues into Phase Four. You know, they dropped a little '90s uh, X-Men theme cartoon song for like 15 seconds at the last episode. That you know got all people excited, and you saw out um, you saw Captain Marvel at the very end, uh, which was confusing. Uh, so yeah, I'm just like I had my hands in the air, like what the hell, like what what's going on? So. I love how you give a spoiler warning for like a hatchet to someone's head in Terminal List, <laughs> yeah. but you're like, oh, by the way, the stinger that everyone sh- will talk about, uh, you're like, hey, nah, I'm not going <laughs> to give any kind of warning on that at all. That's I'm okay, sorry. Shane. <laughs> hey, Listen, sorry. In, in Shane's defense, though, I, the I think episode's it's been, been out, out there it's online. Fine. Yeah, yeah. It's no, fine. but like regardless of, of that, I think it's the, uh, I, I think internet has just, came out like the day it dropped everyone oh, was just like hey guess what yeah hey well, she's to back be honest, and here's I- why here's an article because there's been articles also about the fact that this is the least watched show they've ever had so i think they kind of were like hey well if we want you to kind of stick with the continuity of phase four and the mcu this is really all you kind of maybe need to know and like, i hate to besides say it, who like, she is I-, I don't get how it's that high on Rotten Tomato, like you said, like 98% or something like that? Yeah, I it, don't, it's a I, wild score thing. I'll, I'll go over it real quick. Uh, it is a 6.2 on IMDb, which actually I think is closer to fair than yeah. what is happening at Rotten Tomatoes, where it's 98% on the critic side and 79% on the audience side, which I could, I could swallow that a little bit, uh, but I don't think it's even that good. I think it's more in the seven, like a low 70s. It's yeah. It's just there. Like I don't think they did enough. And and Shane, you mentioned it. The you like the lightheartedness. I feel like the lightheartedness went away almost immediately. Like they had the first episode where I was like comparing things to Spider-Man: Homecoming, and then by episode two or three, like the end of episode two or into episode three, I was like, oh, it's a very different show than kind of what they portrayed in episode one. And immediately it was like, all right. Forget all that fun and cool stuff with her just being a kid. Let's get right into Mission Critical and then throw all this crazy shit at you of, you know, beings coming from from other dimensions and and the Red Bandana group and a lot of family back history. A whole episode that was all flashback, really, with no with her barely being in it. Um, yeah. There was one of those. And this is six episodes. So it, it, they, I don't know. It, they just didn't do enough to grab me. Some of the stuff was interesting enough to follow. like, But I was largely bored. And I didn't find a lot of purpose in the stuff that they were showing us in the flashbacks besides just small inklings to move this particular show forward. But I don't see, I don't see a lot of world building. I see like they were going into the family a lot. But that was kind of just window dressing. It's not really a lot for Mission Critical. And they really didn't know which lane they wanted to go in at either time. And I thought they really sidelined the best friend stuff, which I think after the premiere we were on here saying like that was some of the best stuff. And that's that immediately went to the side yeah. after a couple episodes. So it became more about her, the journey to a whole different country. And you're going, it's like, stop. Make it small, make it simple, make it grounded for that first run, and then take her all those places if if this is successful into like season two and everything else. But I, I think they went too big, too soon, but also too bland. And they yeah. didn't know any roads. Um, 
Chris, did you have like any kind of thing you can wrap your mind around with this show? Well, uh, I had my uh, projections of how it was probably going to, how the last episode was going to be. And uh, I like to say I was mostly right. Yeah. Um, sure. Because, uh, spoiler alert, <laughs> three, two, one, Captain Marvel <laughs> makes an appearance. Um, what? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's true. Sorry, I, little I, John with you. You had to have tied her with her idol. You know, somehow she had to make an appearance, and lo and behold, she makes an appearance. Um, But the one thing I was hoping that they would lean into is that the original Captain Marvel uh, had quantum bands, and I thought the bangle was going to be tied to that. Yeah, And it might be. It might be discovered later on in uh, Captain Marvel's movie, the Marvels, whatever the hell you want to call it. Which, by the way, because yeah. we've talked about this before, that we know everything, like, as far as the schedule and all these other things. I think that also put that kind of damper on this show, where I was like, it didn't do enough to make me want to care about the Marvels. Like, you needed, I needed right. more, but I don't know if they're going to have another season of this before that comes out, because I don't know that timetable anymore. I thought this that was originally set for the end of this year and then it got pushed back again so i don't even know yeah uh i again i don't have the schedule in front of me but uh it seems to be uh shuffled around a lot i'm still surprised that we haven't heard anything on wakanda forever and that's in november i mean it's not out of the realm of possibilities of not knowing much because you know they want to keep their cards close to them but with knowing future schedules you're kind of not getting the surprises that you right. want. You know, in 2026, uh, this movie's coming out. It's like, oh, uh, in 2022, this character looked like they were going to die. But they got a movie coming out in 2026. You right. know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's also, it's too crowded, but also not interesting enough. It's so weird that they've yeah. just diluted it between the Disney Plus stuff and and some of these lesser characters and without any kind of cohesive storyline that we're all supposed to kind of follow through. I don't know. But t- to answer our question before, I guess IMDb has it listed as expect uh, the Marvels to be expected next summer. Okay. So, <clears throat> oh, okay. So, all right. So I guess maybe that's enough time that if they if they have that mostly shot because I guess they're in post production that unless they do a bunch of reshoots and have to fix it or anything that maybe oh, you also get have to do the reshoots yeah well we'll see I, I, but especially if they're gonna have to now tie in either another season or try to do some other finagling I don't know what they're doing with this particular strand because when was Captain Marvel was that twenty eighteen that was seventeen I think no eighteen or nineteen. It was several years ago. Yeah, because, I mean, Hold that on. movie, I've, you know, I didn't like it at the time. It is 2019. Um, I I yeah. didn't love it at the time, and then now I've mostly just forgotten it, which is yeah. worse. Yeah. Um, and the only reason why I do remember is because I read my son, like, Marvel bedtime story stuff that brings up the Kree and <laughs> Marvel and all these other things. I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, otherwise, I just largely would be out of the game and out with that character and you haven't seen her 
you know, since that wild ride of uh, <laughs> Infinity War or Endgame, or which are which one Endgame. did you come in? Endgame, or, Endgame, right? Endgame. Yeah, yeah. So, so this whole, you know, like she's just basically like Superman, but like less interesting. We don't know enough about her. Like it's this weird mix, and now you're gonna throw in a child to be like a teenager to be alongside you, and then isn't there another? Yeah, are, are they bringing in Rambo or, Rambo. or whatever? Yeah, yeah. yeah so. Yeah. I don't know, man. I really don't. She's what photon or yeah, it's, something like that. It's um, yeah. It it, it kills me because Disney Plus with their Marvel shows were on such a roll up until Moon Knight, and then right. Moon Knight, and then they they back it with Miss Marvel, which has been fail and fail. But up until then, I mean Loki, Falcon, Winter Soldier. I mean they were all strong shows, and then these last two shows have just left me like i don't care and like we got what's the next one coming up she hulk and i'm like oh god yeah. like no please no. right or well that's why overall Shrek. with the disney plus stuff it's that it's uh you know cassie and andor which you know chris said he was out on before it's even I'm started out. and then which i can't blame you i i barely enjoyed parts of rogue one i wasn't that big a fan so i'm gonna watch a whole andor show and then uh yeah then like the Groot tv show and a guardians holiday special or whatever i don't know uh what else i'm missing but i'm yikes. curious it's gonna be a tough if, stretch sorry about that uh i'm curious if Groot show is gonna be like the baymax show where the baymax show is just like little vignettes little quick yeah, episodes that's exactly what it bing, is bang boom there you go that's exactly which will what be it fine is. enough but totally. it's not gonna be like this is canon Right. Uh, you know, everything. I, I don't know. They're all going to be like, you so- know what? Because what if turns into canon? I know. Right? And I'm just like, what if should be what if? Exactly. Like, yeah. What if this happened? Great. Yeah. That's there. Let's move on. Yeah. It's like, it should no, have been let's its own carry, thing. carry yeah. this character over. Let's do this. Let's do that. Overall, I think Miss Marvel was a good attempt at gathering families to watch one thing. You know, you can't have all these TV shows cater to the adults that have watched uh, the 20 plus movies that came before it and look forward to the next phase in MCU. However, you're riding that line of, hey, we got family friendly shows that the kids will love, the parents will love, and we can look forward to what's coming down the pike. And it's just, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what their method is. I thought uh, Kevin Feige had more control than what he's showing us in Phase 4. But uh, it's not not rumored to be, but he's been quoted as saying Phase 5 will put everything into perspective that uh, Phase 4 is trying to do. And I, I think that's a bold statement because I can't see how the dots are connected. Yeah, I mean, we talked about Young Avengers being like something that they're going to try to do with all this. And then, of course, Secret uh, Wars, Secret Wars, which I know Nick Fury is in the Marvels because he's tied into all that. Plus, they're going to do, was it Secret Invasion show that I think is going to come? Yeah, Secret uh, Wars, I said. Jeez. No, it's fine. Well, Secret Wars is all like a part of a larger story, but I like yeah. I know that they have the Secret Invasion show or whatever that they're going to do. So. Yeah. 
I don't know, man. Uh, it's all wait and see. And like you said, like uh, Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con is going to be this weekend. So we'll probably find out uh, a bunch of things uh, or at least maybe see a trailer for Wakanda Forever, which, Chris, I'm starting to lean on you where it's like, God, the, the, Daniel Kaluuya is not even in this. I didn't know that until yeah. recently. And it was because he went and did Nope instead, which that is also coming out this weekend. So hopefully that ends up being good. And actually... Very soon, maybe in the within the next hour, I think we're going to get early reviews from uh, the premiere that happened out in L.A. and some of these other where the critics' uh, embargo is over. So you'll start to see little drips and drabs to see whether that's any good. But I'm going to see that on Friday, and we'll talk about that next week. So I have to see that as well because I swear to God, I it's getting harder and harder to dodge these trailers that pop oh, up yeah like i'm watching hulu and they have a full commercial and i'm like looking down trying to fast forward and it's just not working it's yeah <laughs> i i don't want to be spoiled and i just want to enjoy the thing uh for what it is i hope i hope big time that nope isn't the the bigger blockbuster version of uh men where like I saw that trailer so many times, and I was like, right. "Oh, well, this better be good." And then it was one of the worst <laughs> movies I've seen this year. And then uh, I hope Nope doesn't suffer the same fate where like they were pushing that trailer early and often, and then they started yeah. doing the more expanded trailer, and then they played that all day. So I was like, "Oh God, please, please, just don't, don't, yeah, make well, this bad." We have uh, Jordan Peele's background to go on, so I have faith in Jordan Peele. So I have faith in this movie. You know what I mean? Like, so. Yeah. It's not like I didn't say the same thing about, you know, I, I know, uh, the, I know. the creator of Ex Machina. Hey, it can't uh, be that bad. And then you go, oh, shit. Um, but don't worry. He's giving up film after this. I know. I saw that. Jeez. Couple I'm like, of, wow. Jesus Christ. That's a tough beat, man. He, he should at least go back to TV. He'll he'll have a thriving career. But I don't want him to stop making movies. Anyway, you don't make one bad no, movie. And he then may everybody be pulling a Soderbergh. You know, Soderbergh said the same thing. And then, you know, he's coming back with yeah. a vengeance. <laughs> Which I understand. You make one movie that gets ripped to shreds and you put your heart and soul into it. And then, you know, it leaves such a sour taste in your mouth. You never want to <clears throat> do it again. So I don't know. I don't want to go too much i love you alex garland you're allowed to make a dud and come back come on oh, yeah, uh do that but yeah guys this this was a lot of, i i hate to end on such a sour note man because i i am i'm looking very much forward to nope i'm very much looking forward to uh shane and chris watching the gray man which i watched last week so we can have a big conversation uh about that and uh teaser hopefully uh this all works out it's on the books to do so but hopefully we should have a bonus episode this week with casey moore from what's on netflix he is the editor-in-chief over there and we're going to do like a big netflix state of the union kind of conversation with that maybe uh talk about kind of the gray man and how much that has to work coming off the the duds of red notice and other bigger stuff that hasn't worked um when they spend Casey, a lot of money we have questions <laughs> <laughs> exactly so look forward to that uh at the end of the week hopefully to coincide with the gray man uh the gray man's release on netflix so 
Stay tuned for all that, guys. And then we got a whole lot more. This summer is relentless. Um, and we even have like some fun episodes, like maybe a movie draft episode coming up uh, with some of our pals from other podcasts. So that'll be excellent. Thank you guys again for doing this. Uh, as always, every single week, love talking with you guys. And we'll see you next time on Recent Activity. Pleasure. <laughs>